The healing is a much different experience, I'm assuming. Can you walk us through that okay. and then also like- I, I don't do any healing at all. All I do, okay. and, and I'm very firm about this, <laughs> because I, I think- What is dowsing? You know, if you could just explain that to, you know, somebody who may know a little bit about it, or um, this is the first time they're ever hearing about it. I think most people's um, image of dowsing is, is, is water dowsing, water divining. I can imagine that finding the practitioners can't be too challenging, correct? Because I think that everyone now is, um, I think that there are people out there, right? When that kind of like the saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Like, do you, do you believe that there are good solid practitioners out there that? It, it, dep it depends. Um, in the UK and in Europe, not a problem. In the UK, specifically London. Um, Hello, Thrivers. Welcome back to Thrive with Sharon podcast. And this is a continuation of season two. Uh, I, I'm so enjoying this podcast because it has really represented a lot of the way that I've moved throughout the world, which is in very um, uh, divinely guided ways. And um, today I have to say that this individual who our lives intersected um, many years ago, it was definitely divinely guided because there's no way that logically someone who is living in Monaco with somebody who is living in New Jersey uh, would have such kindred spirits. So without further ado, I would love to introduce you to today's guest, and it is Elizabeth Brown. Elizabeth is an award-winning professional member of the British Society of Dowsers and Hay House author of internationally best-selling book, Dowsing, The Ultimate Guide for the 21st Century. Elizabeth has been a dowser for more than 32 years with clients in over 30 countries. She works with privately and she works with privately and in support of doctors, dentists, health professionals in identifying causative factors in ill health, particularly cancer, ME, and conditions that have no orthodox label. Goodness, we have so much to talk about there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> her groundbreaking work in the field of causative diagnosis has transformed many hundreds of lives and as an aspiring teacher, she is passionate in her belief 
that anyone can douse. For more about her work, please go to her website, causativediagnosis.com, and we will definitely include that in the show notes. So Elizabeth Brown, I am so excited to have you today. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here and thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh my goodness. Yes. It was just, you know, we were talking about this before we pressed record and it was, it, you know, on, on the one hand, my human brain says, my logical brain says we should have done this a long time ago, but we all know that it's all in accordance with, you know, divine timing. Right. And that's the only timing that really is perfect. And that's probably the only thing that's really perfect in our human existence is divine timing and divine intervention. So um, I, I first want to reference your book, which um, I got years ago and read and then have since we, um, you know, uh, have planned on this conversation started reviewing it again and it's just one of those books that is very timeless because it is, it is such incredible information but I, I first want to start off talking about dousing, um, because I know that for a lot of our community and welcome to the community and everyone welcome Elizabeth Brown, please embrace her in your life now. Um, what is dousing? You know, if you could just explain that to, you know, somebody who may know a little bit about it, or um, this is the first time they're ever hearing about it. I think most people's um, image of dowsing is 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 water dowsing, water divining. You know, an old, an old old man with a stick walking along, looking for underground underground water. I mean, that's the traditional. The, the, there are many um, illustrations and woodcuts going back a few hundred years, showing exactly that. Either that, or or looking for underground um, minerals and um, tin and copper. Which they did in Germany in the in the 1500s, and uh, and in the UK as well. But it goes back, I mean, much much longer than that. And I mean, I maintain that um, every indigenous tribe in the world actually knows how how to douse, um, and they don't necessarily use a stick or some device or a pendulum. They they they're just um, connecting to to a field of information I mean, that that's what we're doing is connecting to the field or the quantum field but of course it takes many different forms i mean you know about people with pendulums um, accessing information but it's been used for centuries for as far as we definitely know but i i think it's it goes back probably thousands and thousands of years and um Traditionally, well, now um, every utility com com company in the country has got a, a dowser or a diviner on on their payroll, um, looking for really? leaks. Or for, yeah, absolutely. In in London, they use dowsers to find leaks underground or lost cables or broken cables. Or and and um, oil companies use dowsers to site to site wells. The army traditionally have used. Uh, dowsing for for many hundreds of years. They, there's a wonderful picture of somebody in the uh, the Thai Eighth Army looking for underground exploded, sorry, unexploded bombs and mines as well, with very very long dowsing rods standing well back. Um, but but yes, and then of course uh, with with doctors and homeopaths particularly, 
dowsing on remedies or dowsing on um, what's best, what's in the best interests of their of their patients. So it takes many different forms, but what it essentially is is a means of finding out without using the five senses. And um, really, what you're doing is extending consciousness and connecting to a field and retrieving information with with directed and deliberate intent so i'm asking a question or i'm looking for water or i'm i'm looking for a telephone cable or i'm looking for underground diamonds or gold or you know whatever i want to do and i'm connecting to connecting to a, a field of information and the answer and and i maintain people sort of dows sort of all day long but don't realize they're doing it and they're not doing it with directed and deliberate intent what they're doing is um maybe when the phone rings and then and they'll think oh that's probably bill or jane or and somebody or they haven't spoken to for a long time flies into their head and because we're all connected to the field we're we're all always picking up information it's like when you're driving along and you're driving a car and you suddenly have this sort of feeling to slow down around the next corner because it's a blind a blind bend and there in the middle of a road when you've gone around the corner is a horse or some roadworks it's 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 uh i mean people call it sixth sense it's actually not it's the it's the seventh sense is connecting to the field what's what um uh einstein called spooky action at a distance it's the entanglement the quantum entanglement yes so is that sort of Oh, absolutely. I think that's incredible. And I, I didn't know that utility companies had dowsers on their payroll that it's been very controversial a few years ago in the UK because um, some skeptic, I'm going to be polite, skeptic um, <laughs> saw um, uh, a man in a field with a pair of dowsing rods and and they were looking for something it was actually water i think or a or broken water main and um did did some inquiries and it turned out to, to be one of the, the main water companies in the uk and they were so horrified they were so shocked that a water company might use something as primitive um, as witchcraft <laughs> yeah and, and, and actually, you know, truth be known, most of the dowsers for for water companies are are, are big, burly men <laughs> who who have you know background in engineering or geology or and and they're they're, they're absolutely brilliant at it. You know, they they work with with such speed. Um, there was there was a there's actually a water dowser called George Applegate who. Who died a couple of years ago, and I, he was sort of one of my heroes. You know, sunk three and a half thousand wells with a ninety-nine percent success rate. I mean, extraordinary man. And um, so, so people don't realise. And I've approached. Well, in fact, I did for the book. I am approached some utility companies, and they wouldn't admit it because they don't want. Um, this is why you don't hear about it because they don't want to be sort of humiliated and in the press and accused of of using witchcraft um but the, but the reason they use it is because it works i mean it works mm -hmm. and i would i don't think i would have been doing this for well working professionally for over 20 years um if it didn't work is that i've i was thinking about this last night i've never advertised 
ever. I mean, it's all word of mouth and it's, it's word of mouth for a reason. It's because I get results. And in fact, that was one of the things that George Applegate used to say. The only thing that counts with dowsing is a result, you know? So if you get results. Yes, that's a hundred percent. And that's really interesting because, um, you know, with regard to the marketing aspect and the advertising, um, you know, I work with a lot of individuals who are looking to scale their careers or um, transition from one um, more traditional, maybe professional career endeavor into something that is maybe a little bit less traditional. And so they're really focused on the marketing aspect and they're really looking to pour a lot of dollars into the marketing aspect. And, you know, so they'll say, well, so how did you, you know, get to the point where you are being able to do this full time and what have you. And, and I said, I word of mouth, word of mouth. I mean, because when your work, when you are the living, breathing example of your work and you have become the vessel to be mm. that like yes. you, um, you do, you, you, you attract, you attract your clients, you attract the people who you're meant to work yes. with. Um, and it, it can be, you know, circling back to something that you nuanced, it can be a little bit challenging. I mean, so for the big burly guy who's working for the utility company, who has all of this, you know, many years, you know, um, higher education, um, all of these things, right. To then spend, a large percentage of their day or their career dousing, right? And to have to kind of prove yourself. And, and I loved your prologue and I just wanted to read your prologue because I think that that really speaks to this, right? And I think it's also going to speak to, speak to the individuals who are kind of straddling timelines right now, right? Where they're, they're in one place and they're very much seeing these things and they're living this way, but they're also feeling this pull and this knowing and have, and have this, have, despite intention or not, these experiences of the divine and also being in this field, right? In, in, in literally being in multiple realities all at the same time. So, um, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. So, um, so I'm just going to quickly read this. Um, Annie was sleeping peacefully in the bedroom of her pretty terraced cottage. It was 3.15 a.m., and around her streets, uh, a fashionable London suburb also soundlessly slumbered. The roar of a vehicle speeding down her quiet side street suddenly shattered the silence. Breaking abruptly, it drew to a halt immediately outside her home. Jolted upright by the noise, she deftly moved to the window, now very much awake. Now, who hasn't had those experiences at <laughs> two, three, four o'clock in the morning, right? Um, concealed by the wall panels, she matched, she watched a man leap out of an unmarked white van and begin pacing up and down directly in front of her gate. Her stomach involuntarily tightened. Oh no, she thought with trepidation, we're about to be burglared. 
Uh, she reached for her phone, her eyes remaining glued to the ominous figure. She watched all senses on alert as he continued to pace. Peering at his form now, made eerie by the lamplight, she remained frozen, trying to anticipate his next move. With a start, she realized he had something in his hands, obviously the tools of his trade. Love that. She watched as he handled them with ease of someone who knew what he was doing. Riveted, she followed his shadow as he wandered back and forth, back and forth, brandishing a pair of pointed metal objects. Then upon reaching her neighbor's gate, he stopped abruptly in his tracks. What on earth is he doing? And then it hit her. Her trepidation melted into amusement and the dousing rods in his hands began to spin rapidly. Incredible. At this signal, a door opened in the white van and a second man leaped out, brandishing an aerosol can of paint. He sprayed the outline of a blue square on the pavement directly underneath the spinning rods. Job done, the two men jumped back on board and the anonymous white van sped off into the night. Annie returned to the comfort of her bed with a wry smile on her face. The only thing on her mind as she drifted off to sleep was, whoever would believe her story? <laughs> <laughs> I was at I was at a dinner. I, I I'm pretty sure it was when I was a a speaker, a sort of a, a pre-dinner speaker, and um, the woman sitting next to me told me that I thought, oh, this is gold. This is absolute gold. Please, can I use this story? And and she she said, yeah. I mean, this was actually Annie. She she said yes, and uh, she she'd seen it all happen. But apparently, there'd been a leak for months and months uh, and, and it was it was next door's water leak because they're having construction work done and um various workmen had come and they dug holes and then filled them in and dug another hole filled them in and dug another she said it had gone on for quite a while and obviously in the end they sent out a dowser and they found it ex absolutely where it was and that was repaired i mean it was that that was that fast. I thought this is just brilliant. <laughs> it is brilliant. It is the wonderful, it's a perfect introduction to your book. Oh my gosh, into the whole concept. And the thing that I loved about the story of Annie is that there was no like, what is he doing? Did that just happen? You know, I can't believe that somebody would even be doing that. Like it was so, there was a knowing there for her. There was mm -hmm. just a knowing like, oh yes. And energetically she connected with that. But she was also aware of, of the humanness of which we live in right now, of this kind of, you know, straddling two different worlds, right? Yeah. Of who is going to believe me in my world? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we're living in those times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I know, I know. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot that you are really, you, you know, we were talking about the fact that you are quite busy. Um, your schedule is full, we'll say it that way. So um, tell me your thoughts on that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm always busy, but particularly at the moment, I'm, I, sh I suppose I should really explain what I do with dowsing, um, mm. but- um, Yes at the moment I'm, I'm getting so many people and I think they're being prompted by the times that we live in and the and the shifts the huge shifts in consciousness going on on the earth and and 
it's 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 pushing truth it's pushing things to the surface it's it's pushing all those things coming up to the surface in order to be healed because we can't take it with us um and and people are being i think it's inner promptings thinking oh they must be really i must get this done or i must eventually i must sort this out and i i help them sort sort it out um but i was um in the beginning, the way I, although I'd done many, many different sorts of dowsing, and if you can see the, I'm not sure, can you see the horse behind me, the white horse? Yes. On the wall? That's um, the white horse of the, um, in England, the, the Channel Tunnel going to France, there's an escarpment there, and that white horse is up on the escarpment, just as the as the Eurostar train goes down into the tunnel. And it's the Millennium White Horse, and I actually um, helped the artist, it's 300 feet long, um, I helped the artist cite that on the energy lines. And if you stand on the heart chakra of the horse or the eye of the horse, you the, there's a huge flow of energy um coming up through it so uh, uh, i did that but i also worked looking for helping going to people's homes and optimizing their homes both in terms of electromagnetic pollution sick houses if you like and um, geopathic stress and um disruption and i i did that for for several years um but then i kept being pushed all the time um to go into the health field of which i been researching like so many of us through um, a health crisis mm. and uh, I since my mid-20s I'd been researching health and it was just very interesting when I was to, used to go out in the field on site to people's homes and I would we work through the problems that were in the houses sort out the energy rebalance rebalance all the energies um, and clear and protect from from any particular detrimental environmental energies and electromagnetic pollution. And I would always phone up two weeks later and to see how people were. You know, how how are you feeling now? Because most people with houses like that, they simply don't sleep. And um, and some people say, oh, fantastic! I slept from that night, and I've, it's been it's been amazing. I'm sleeping for the first time in years. Or, um, well, I think I feel better. Yeah, I, I, my rash is gone, but um, yeah, I think I do. And some, no, don't, don't, don't feel any different at all. No, nope, can't feel any different. <laughs> so basically, I don't know why you came out. Sort of, and um, and and so I thought, well, there's got to be some way of quantifying this. There's got to be some way of measuring it. So I started to take health readings. Because once you put a scale in place, mm -hmm. a pre-agreed scale with you, your higher self, whatever you're tapping into, um, it, you can calibrate anything. You can put a number on anything. So I started to calibrate their health, their immune system, their absorption of nutrients from their food, because in, in electromagnetic pollution will actually compromise absorption of nutrients from food and, and several different readings. And um, I started to monitor them when I got back, and some I could see got better, and some some didn't, and and they were correlating with what people were telling me. Hmm. And and then I thought, well, what what is causing that illness? What is causing their sickness? And that's how it started. And then two very key clients with 
cancer and and fat cancers become my really my speciality um pushed me to say what caused my cancer what caused it and because i'd been researching researching health since oh dear my goodness me you know 1980 something like that um i i knew causative factors in in ill health particularly chronic metabolic disease and um so i started to pioneer a system and when i first started it was all in my head and then as the cases become became more and more complex which they are now i mean incredibly complex um multi strains of of illness um or, or many different underlying causative factors in terms of um what people have been exposed to and resulting in a huge variety of um i'd say what what the medical profession call um, autoimmune disorders which always mm. have caused. and um and they just became more and more complex so uh, in the end i had to put it in a more let's say um structured way and i'm a bit structured in i'm a bit anal actually with my <laughs> structure my my perfectionism um so uh I had to put it down and and to the point where I began to teach it as well, I have I'd have um, taught the process, which is called causative diagnosis. So it's identifying the causative contributory and trigger factors behind um, either a pre diagnosed condition or a set of symptoms or um, that have a label or don't have a label or just a very disparate set of symptoms that don't seem to match up that often have the causative um same causative factors and and this and this really just developed uh, hugely so i started to work eventually i was asked called in by many doctors and clinics and dentists wanting to know what was going on inside a bone or um and and it developed to what it is today and i i do, yeah, do you right i have clients in over 30 countries um and i work at distance obviously not being able to travel anymore but the benefits of this and i know you understand this um the benefits are that you're actually you're, you're not doing what generally what allopathic medicine does which is just managing symptoms what you're doing is actually getting to the root underlying cause yes. and by doing that you're bringing about a true and profound healing a proper healing not covering up and i think more than anything yes of course cancer is incredibly important but more than anything i see this in skin conditions because mm. people have been for, with in hell for five years, 10 years, one woman, 20 years, her whole body covered and and on a, a, a rounds of um, antibiotics or steroids. And then and then and, and people go to their doctors and say, well, what caused this? And the doctors all the way, I don't know, no, nobody knows, or um, we think it might be genetic or and right, and it's right. so unsatisfactory. Um, mm -hmm. But once you know exactly what causes it, then you can then you can target the, the the right treatment. I mean, to the you know people. I've got one client who who, fifteen years, her whole body was covered, 
And it went in two weeks. Once she knew what to do, I mean, extraordinary. And, and clients who no longer have cancer because they've addressed all the underlying causes. It's a very powerful, it's a very powerful process. But what it does, and, and particularly the woman who had breast cancer um, that I write about in the book, she's, she, the benefit to her was she felt for the first time in the driving seat. She felt that she was not at the mercy of, you know, a dozen tests or CT scans or we'll try this, or we'll try this drug or try this drug or try that drug she actually knew exactly what she had to target what she had to do who she needed to go to what she wanted to what she needed to supplement what lifestyle she what parts of her lifestyle that that needed to be changed right. and she said it it was so empowering because mm. i know what to do yes it's no longer a shot in the dark of we could and in fact last week or the week before i had um, a young man who came who'd been given a diagnosis and the the number of doctors and specialists and consultants and um, even psychiatrists he'd been to uh, um, spread over four pages four pages and um, every single one was uh, they, they don't know or they're not or they think it's this but and they stopped they stop going to all these specialists. So let's hope now this is the end of his agonizing wait to, to try and start living his life again. Yes, yes, I, yes. And I definitely am praying for that for him, for sure. Um, <laughs> I, I find it so fascinating because I, I, you know, you're right. I do resonate with a lot of what you're saying, especially root cause healing. Um, and I think that, um, I don't know about you, I'm, I'm curious about how we can connect to the aspect of the human psyche, because I, again, like in Annie's case, you know, who's, who's going to believe me and how am I going to be able to, um, surround myself with the supportive team that I need of people so that I can really, um, exist in the way that I can allow the healing to take place. Because I'm assuming that some of the healing isn't, oh, you were taking amoxicillin and you really should be taking this other medication, right? It's <laughs> the healing is a much different experience. I'm assuming. Can you walk us through that? Okay. And then also like I, I don't do any healing at all. All I do, okay. and, and I'm very firm about this <laughs> because I, I think I, I also, walk a very fine line. This is not a medical diagnosis. I'm not medically qualified. All I'm doing is giving people information. All I'm doing is mm. identifying causative factors behind okay. their condition. Um, so that I'm not doing any healing at all. What I'm doing is really like being a, a clearing house. So for example, um, let's say it's 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 breast cancer and the main causative factor is um there's, there's you for each each person there's a completely unique and, and um recipe individual to them okay so everybody's mm -hmm. there's there's 
with cancer, there's never one cause. There's either, there's usually one or two or three or four causes. There may be a contributory factor. There may be a trigger factor. In that, there's going to be um, certainly, it falls into three very, very broad categories. And, and one of them is a crisis of toxicity. One is, a, which there are many hundreds of things underneath that. One is a, a crisis of nutrition. And, and the third thing is what I would call inappropriate mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual programming. I mean, inappropriate sounds a bit, a bit cold, but you know what I mean, because yeah. it covers so many different things. Um, it can be this life, it can be past life. I mean, I have, once, I, once you have the ability to tap into someone's energy field, you can go back 10 lifetimes or 100 lifetimes. You can look at um, the cause that was um, um, inherited um, epigenetic expression yes. on the father's side from the grandmother. Yes. You know, I, yes. There is no limit to the information you can retrieve from the information field or the client's personal information field. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's not limited in any way. This is what I'm trying to say. It, could, it can be anything. But, but say we've got um, an inherited genetic epigenetic expression um, one factor might be um, high levels of aluminium compounds in the breast tissue um, one might be um, electromagnetic fields from keeping a mobile phone and cell phone in the top pocket um, and one and a, a trigger factor might be a very bad relationship with the husband and a, and um, a contributory let's say a trigger factor could be a death of a say a death of a parent um and being in grief because grief is actually one of the causative factors i do see in common across um many different cancers certainly and so once we have all those causative factors um then i put together an action list which tells the client exactly um what they need to do in order to return to the um their health back to balance or the optimal health and, and well-being for them and that's all i'm allowed to claim and um so the action list might be lifestyle changes it may be for example um not using a deodorant with aluminium and might be <laughs> lifestyle leaving your cell phone in your in your in your purse in your handbag it might be um uh, severe um, nutritional deficiencies of, and then there would be all the suggested particular um, manufacturers and types of nutrition. Um, it may be working with um, say a BWRT therapist in order to help with the grief. Um, it might be, so everyone has their own totally individual personalized only for them check action list of what they need to do. And then I send them on their way at that point. But I do support them for six months to ensure that they do respond to this action list that they have. Mm -hmm. And um, I take their health readings monthly. So if they're working with a practitioner and lifestyle changes, I will take their health readings every month. I do need to speak to them, I do it at a distance. And we can see the progress that they're making, which they find, um, I think, hugely encouraging because normally when you start to change the body from ground upwards, 
you wouldn't necessarily feel the changes in the beginning if you've suddenly started to absorb selenium where you went before or right. cells are healing or or maybe there's um, a parasite that's now being cleared from the body you don't necessarily have feel that oh yeah i can feel that yeah. um but when they see the health readings and the health readings are very detailed these days um they can say oh yeah that's moved and that's going up. My immune system has gone from 37% to 55%. And it's an encouragement to keep going because it's very difficult yes. when you've had a long-term, especially ME or chronic fatigue syndrome, a long-term illness. You don't actually sometimes know that you're getting better because you've been ill for so long. I mean, oh. that, that plus a skin condition, you can actually start to see that. Well, sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Yes, but you can yes. actually see that. But the health readings also help with that too, because you you know the body is starting to repair itself from ground ground upwards. I yes, and I can totally relate to the some of the you know chronic fatigue syndrome and um, skin issues. I mean, those were things that very early on, I think you had mentioned circling back to something that you said that you had mentioned one of the catalysts or the pushes for you to start to endeavor into the health, uh, and, um, wellness area. And that respect was in, in, in with your own needs. Right. And I, that was the same thing for me. And, um, so, and it does, and it, it, and I think just thinking back to, cause I was in my young twenties at the time, you know, last year, um, and <laughs> <laughs> um, that I, it would have been so nice to have, well, not even just nice. It would have been so impactful to have someone to have, to take the baseline reading, help to um be the directive towards you know this is the right direction to go these are the things that would be helpful for you to augment and supplement or whatever it is and 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 then to track the progress i mean that to me is profound because you know listen our healthcare systems across the world it's not just in the us our healthcare systems across the world are also in crisis right yes. We do not have, we do not have the human power and not manpower, not woman power, a human power to be able to serve all of these things that are starting to come up. They're like flags, right? They're all of these different um, new things that are appearing seemingly new, but really all at, at the root of it, at the core of it. Um, have very similar themes, right? Um, so, so to have someone like you, to me, it's it's a necessity because there's yeah. Sorry, sorry, more people are coming your way. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, because I, I just think that this is um, it appeals to both aspects of um, of the of healing in the quantum, of healing in the metaphysical world, right? You're, you're bringing together, and because I'm a mystic, I also study, you know, um, I study the true nature of what 
true science and medicine and being a doctor was, you know, which was seven pillars of, you know, different aspects of addressing the health, right? Where it's plant medicine, it's dealing with something bigger and greater than yourself, you know, astrology, the study of astrology and where your specific imprint and fingerprint is, and also, you know, the, um, other physical aspects of our body and how they work and, um, you know, our environment and what we surround ourselves with and so on and so forth. And so um, most Western medicine doesn't really, um, they've, they're, they're practicing a portion, they're practicing one pillar of what um, now you are speaking to all of those pillars and you're able to pull all of those things together. Um, and I, I can imagine that finding the practitioners can't be too challenging, correct? Because I think that everyone now is, um, I think that there are people out there, right? When that kind of like the saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Like, do you, do you believe that there are good solid practitioners out there that are I, I, I think that it it, de it depends. Um in, in the UK and in Europe, not a problem. In the UK, specifically London, um so many um fantastic practitioners now in terms of holistic health. Mm. And 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 many who are both both qualified doctors but holistic practitioners who, mm. who marry the two incredibly well. Um, what you call a functional medicine, and I think we call in the UK ecological medicine. Oh. Um, and um, yes, and I've made it my business to know over all the years those exceptional practitioners that work with um, what I would call vibrational medicine or energetic medicine, um, particularly encoding their own remedies on, on an energetic level. So really exceptional, exceptional, but, but forward thinking um, men and women who um, are, are really breaking new ground and are you know, years ahead of their time. So mm -hmm. lucky to know some of those. Um, mm -hmm. When I when I'm working, um, for example, around the world, Australia or Canada through Europe, um, I think I get a bit of help from the universe because names seem to drop in in, in my box. But what I will do is calibrate the practitioner in the client's best interests. Mm. So I know nothing under 10 out of 10, sometimes it's 12 out of 10, and it's life changing, it's 20 out of 10, which is the universal way of having a joke, but <laughs> practitioners around the world, I do, or sometimes the client has their own practitioner who they work with, you know, I've got a pretty formidable list of holistic dentists now, mm. I mean, that's, I think you in America or North America, biological dentists, they're called biological dentists. So really, really important. Um, however, I do a lot of work in the Middle East. I have a lot of clients in many countries through the Middle East. That's much more difficult because mm. um, holistic medicine in terms of homeopaths, osteopaths, um, naturopaths, etc., cetera, um, is not necessarily encouraged. There's yeah. maybe a handful of people. Yeah. Europe is, again, Europe's not so bad. Australia's great. America's not a problem. 
Um, so I, I do, um, I, I, I do rely on the contribution from the universe <laughs> guiding me along for that, because you've got to find the right practitioner. There's no point. Kaya didn't come to me to have to keep you know, banging away at it, the same old, same old. They, they want results. And, yeah. and I have to find people who can bring about those results. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been a witness to your, um, you know, you're dousing the appropriate practitioner. It's, it's incredible. I mean, you know, of, of all of the points in the world you have, you literally are accessing, you're open to all of the points in the world. And it points to one individual, which is, inc which is really, really incredible. I mean, it's very powerful when you think about it. Right. Um, and yes and and it really is the universe speaking through us and Absolutely. i you know and and i read in your book and you know you reference so many different you know um quantum metaphysics and and uh, you know individuals who were right on time but in many ways ahead of their time right in um their understanding of really finding a way to through intentionality through energy through understanding the knowing beyond the knowing right and how that works um and i love your reference to really dissolving as much as possible the ego or the the fact that oh. you think that you know yeah. And I, I have to say as a practitioner in all different areas, right, in, in, in quantum metaphysics being one of them, like, that is something that um, it's a daily practice, right, to be of that and to be able to check in in that way. But, um, you know, I, I really am excited to hear your response to that because I know, <laughs> you know, you spent a lot of time, you know, kind of breaking that down in the book as far as really be, being the vessel and being the instrument and, and, and not judging or questioning. I, I mean, absolutely. And all the old boys, and sadly, I think most of them now are, are, have died, but they all, all the old water dowsers can't have you, got to leave ego behind. They were humble. True dowsers are really humble because they know they're, mm, I would say to the universe, thank you for enabling, enabling me to do what I do because I don't think I'm doing it. I mean, I'm, I'm carrying it out, but I couldn't do what I did without uh, the backup and, uh, you know, the, extraordinary extraordinary stories but and again going back to george applegate he, he, he used to say your ego will trip you up it, it, it does actually trip you up if you yeah. go with it and um i employed a dowser once um for for finding water and this particular dowser uh that was <laughs> is challenged by is challenged by their ego and um and it went horribly wrong it's it um you can't do spiritual work from ego i mean that, that it's not just dowsing it's it's any spiritual work you simply can't 
you have to stand aside. I don't think you have to banish your ego. I, I love what Eckhart Tolle says. You make friends with your ego and, yes. you know, you have a giggle at your ego. Oh, God, did yeah. I really do that sort of thing? And you know, don't do it again. And it's that sort of... Um, but, but without the support of the universe, I wouldn't be able to do this work. Absolutely wouldn't, because I'm connecting into it. I'm connecting in to consciousness. Yes. And consciousness is truth. Um, and a, a lot of people who, I mean, who come to workshops and who I train, they they find it quite difficult to make that um, separation, not separation, to, to disconnect, to have no input in the answers, to have absolutely no vested interest. And this is where many dowsers go wrong because they, 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 you know, you're, you're sitting there dowsing going, does my boyfriend love me? And yes, yes. You're holding right, and you'll be going, please say yes, please say yes. And, and, and you'll get the yes answer because right. your um, voluntary move, movements have overridden the level of consciousness that you've, you've actually connected with. So you have to stand back. You have to completely disconnect. The most you can allow yourself is, is sort of... Um, uh, um, sort of a, a slightly slightly interested curiosity that's what I would say a, a, a curiosity and um that that's what most dowsers find the most difficult I know I, I'm influencing the answers I know I'm influencing the answers mm. well, that's just training you you have to you you just have to train yourself to to not be influencing the answers to completely mm, extend consciousness and then step back step back the ego and then just and then just watch what happens watch observe what unfolds yeah to be a witness of that is to get to the point where you can be a witness you know, like you said, to your point is it's a practice that it's, it's a daily practice. And it's also not just like, oh, well, I got it once or I got it twice. So therefore it's always going to happen. It's like to be in the practice is then to be in the preparedness of being a witness. Um, and then when you're a witness to the infinite, it's incredible. Yes. You know, one of the spiritual masters, Dr. Levery, who I study with, and he is an amazing teacher. He said, you know, 1%, 1% of our lives is what we see. 99% and no, and 99% is what we haven't seen and what we don't know. Think about yeah. that, right? Yeah. yeah. And so for me, it's like, well, I want to always be expanding um, because because I know, not that I have a fear or an urgency, but just there's a knowing that um, we're, we're, if it's there, that means that it's meant to be, it's meant to be part of, we're meant to be part of it and connect to it in, in ways because we're infinite. Everything is infinite. Truth is infinite. I don't think we can't, double negative. I don't think we can't not connect with it if you see yeah. it. <laughs> Because we are connected, yes. you know, we're, we're there. It's yes. just the awareness of it. It's just the awareness of knowing, of knowing that we're connected to all that is, will be, ever, all that was, is, and ever will be. We're connected. Yes. We are it. 
Um, yes, 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 yes. And yes. if people understood, because you know, most of life and school and further education, parental um, conditioning is is about disempowering us. And if people understood mm-hmm. how powerful they really and truly are, um, dowsing would be like the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. And it's just actually about believing. And that, I'm sorry about, I keep saying George Applegate. I don't know why he keeps coming up today, but um, you know, you, you, you have to, your, your, your belief that you can do it is in direct proportion to the results that you get. That's what he used to say. You have to believe you can do it because it's like an athlete. If you don't believe you can do it, you won't. All the best athletes and, and um, leaders of industry, captains of industry have such belief in themselves. And you have to do that in order to be able to douse. Because again, you'll just override your, your, your very um, natural connectivity to the, to the field, the quantum field. You just override it and, you, and it won't happen for you. Um, that's so important. <laughs> It is so important. I love the fact that you bring in the, the concept of belief, because, um, I think that that's been humming into us this entire conversation, right. In different ways where I think that, you know, there is this presentation of the fact that this has been, this is, this is a very, very powerful tool. Um, and, um, while it's, it, it is widely used as to your point in examples, um, there still is an aspect of, if you don't believe it, then it's not going to, it's not going to exist for you. Right. But then on the other side of belief, and especially, you know, cause I love working with high performers, right. So athletes and, you know, all of that. And, um, so like you said, there is always this belief, like, well, I never thought that I couldn't. Right. Um, mm. but, but I think that the thing that creates the long-term success is the alignment with truth. Yes. And so I love the fact that you brought into this, all of these different areas where we've really been, gosh, this is kind of, I don't even want to say this word, but for lack of being, I don't want to take a lot of time trying to think of a different one, conditioning, right? False, false conditioning, or maybe things that are not really in alignment with what your truth is that um, it, it can be for me, I find that I'm very decided, I'm very intentional about never, ever, ever disempowering anybody's belief. However, I always try and bring it back around so that they're the authority in their truth. Yes, absolutely. Right? And I'm hearing so much of that from you today. And that's just so... Um, um, comforting and also just empowering and, um, powerful. Um, so important, I think for us to really, um, I think that, you know, there's so many wonderful, amazing takeaways from today, but you know, what, what I want to underscore for individuals is to find their way of find their way to their truth, to their truth, right? Always believe always believe, even if it doesn't make sense to believe, right? Makes no logical sense to do this thing, but we do it, right? And then and then we realize why, maybe, 
maybe in the moment after we do it, maybe it's a week later, maybe it's a month later, maybe it's a lifetime later, but we do because we know, because we're aligned with truth, our truth. And to be empowered and how powerful that is. Yes. So, so. And, and I, I think these shifts are all about standing in your own truth, the earth shifts, everything that is going on, on earth, <laughs> on the earth plane <laughs> at this time, especially the last two years, mm. it's a push for yeah. people to stand in their own truth and to empower themselves and understand who they truly are. Yeah. And I want to acknowledge that that journey is not always easy. <laughs> yes. I can speak from my own personal experience, which has been part of my karmic experience in this lifetime, but, you know, um, but yeah, also being walking alongside others on their journey to their own truth. It, it, it's, there's so many different things that could make it challenging, but it's worth it. Oh, yes. So Isn't that what we're here for? I mean. I, yeah. I believe that. I, I believe that. And it's so refreshing to, um, to know you and to know this is the core and the essence of who you are. <laughs> yeah. So wonderful. It's so lovely. It's lovely to be in uh, your energy and to be sharing space today. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, um, I know across the years, we've always joked about, um, you know, being at a dinner party with some of the characters that we know and, <laughs> And how fun it would be. And <laughs> yes. I, I, I look forward to those days. I look forward to when that happens for sure. But um, I just, I'm grateful for your time and, and we're rounding things out, but I did want to just hear a little bit, just a, if you have anything you want to share with regard to, you know, how your thoughts on going from surviving to thriving and what that, what there are a lot of people who are in, in all of the different spectrums right now. Like what, what would you, what would you want if you felt like was important? You know, I just want to make sure that people know this or that you share a little bit about your belief. Um, I, you know, I could tell you personal experiences, but I'm not sure that's how helpful that is. I mean, I went down, I went through, through, <laughs> A childhood where someone set out to disempower me and I simply wasn't equipped for life at all and, and then I went um, in and uh, um, married a man who who was um, very violent and I was a battered wife so I know about thriving I know about surviving <laughs> mm, but, mm. but um, I wasn't thriving, I was surviving, but I had no idea of my own power. I, I, I simply had no idea. Nobody had ever, ever taught me, nobody had ever shown me, certainly not from family. Um, and, and I think just to let people know, you're, you, are, you are extraordinary. 
it's all there you have everything this is one of the reasons that any i believe everyone can dance because we all have the same equipment it's just accessing it and um bringing it out and encouraging it and and helping people um to flourish and as they say we're all walking each other home and i think that you know we're all here to help each other do that um i just just know how powerful that you are and find um find the people who can help you access that power um and uh yeah access that power so you can flourish yes really. yes yes oh. i'm grateful to everyone who all my teachers both mm. both sides of the pond because i lived in america for six years mm. who helped me who helped me on that journey mm. if anyone yeah. of them listening to this thank oh, you oh i hope that they i hope <laughs> well i'm sure that they are if they're here uh or in skywide yeah they're 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 definitely they're definitely tuned in i i, I believe that people um, especially teachers and mentors um, are tapped in and they know. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Brown, it has been so lovely having you today. Oh, it's been my pleasure, really. Oh, yeah. My absolute pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much. And I really do hope that if anyone is curious, it's a Hay House book, correct? This is through yes. Hay House? Hay yeah. House. Dowsing and causative diagnosis, and it's just um, a lovely read. I love, I love, I love your very practical way of sharing information, um, <laughs> aka organized, um, <laughs> which is <laughs> um, definitely something that I'm working towards. Um, and uh, but also just the 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 lovely um, way that you can read this from so many different places in your, um, where you might be within your consciousness and you're going to get something. Yeah. That's very what I, what I aimed to. It, the book was actually driven by students. They asked me to put um, something together for them. And I think, well, well, I don't, I don't really know enough. Or maybe, and I was, I was thinking like a 30, 40 page pamphlet yeah. And then, and that happened. This, you know, this happened. Hey, House of Waking for book two. <laughs> I need to get on with that one. But yeah. um, it's, then it was it was driven, and, and because it was driven by students, I think I tried to encompass all of them, whatever stage of their journey they they are at. I tried to do that. Yeah, it's been an honor for me, and it's just been wonderful. Um, speaking to you directly after lots of exchanges on social media. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, the, the feeling is mutual for sure. And I hope that you do come back again. And I look forward to so many different beautiful things in the future that we can share together in. Thank you so much. It's, Thank you. 
It's been wonderful. Thank you. Yes, it really has. And to everyone else who's been listening, please check the show notes. I'm going to put all of the links to be able to uh, be in touch with Elizabeth. And she's just such a lovely individual. I hope that you do take the time. And she actually, um, her Instagram page is just filled with beautiful quotes and images and just lovely lifestyle things, um, which just speaks to all of my Venus energy all of the time. I love it. It's just so wonderful. <laughs> so uh, everyone, thank you for tuning in. And uh, until the next time, peace and love, and please continue to find your way to be in your own power. Mm -hmm.